Blog Talk Radio.
back to another edition of Prayer Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and we're coming up to the 11 o'clock hour Central Standard Time. Just wanted to have a little extra praise and worship tonight. You know, we got some pretty good feedback in the chat room about the worship, and it seemed like a lot of you guys were enjoying it. But, uh, you know, I just appreciate everybody's involvement going back and forth in the chat room. Of course, sometimes it, it gets a little crazy in there. Uh, just want to make one comment, and you guys take it to prayer. You know, the Bible says you who are spiritual should restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. Talking about those that have fallen, those that have fallen away, those that are struggling in their walk. And God is calling us to restoration, not to destruction. 
You know, he says a house divided against itself cannot stand. And the, the idea there is that he wants unity in his body. You know, if we spend our time devouring each other and casting stones at each other, uh, how are we ever going to mature in the things of God? And how are those that don't know God ever going to take what we have to say serious? You know, Jesus was our example, and he, he exampled like this. You who are without sin, cast the first stone. Real plain and simple. You know, I do believe that we're to reprove evil. I do believe we're to speak the truth in love. But there's a biblical way, a biblical framework in doing those things. And so we want to make sure whatever we do on the show is biblical. We want to make sure whatever we do, you know, on Prayer International Radio or our website, whatever we do, brings glory and honor and praise to the Lord. So, you know, just want to lift up the Jones family tonight. Um, I understand they uh, are going through some stuff. And so tonight we want to lift up that family for their child. We want to pray the peace of God over them and the will of God be done and God's kingdom come. That the Lord would strengthen this family, strengthen this child tonight. Just want to thank Pastor Rob for your influence, participation, and your time in our chat room tonight, too. We just speak blessings over you and your ministry. Uh, I had some time to look at your blog talk radio profile tonight and just want to say God bless you for the work that you're doing. And we'll add you to our prayer list and continue to lift you up. And feel free to jump into the chat room and you know, just be an encouragement. If you need support or need encouragement, come on in. And if you want to give some, feel free to do so. So God bless you tonight, Pastor Rob. And God bless the Jones family. And we'll be praying and interceding for them. Also, I just want to lift up Minister Grock. Just want to speak blessings over him tonight. I noticed he kind of dipped out there. But, um, you know, God's using him among the young people, among the youth. And, uh, you know, he's at work in Minister Grok as well. And we just want to thank uh, all your support and your prayers and uh, everything you contribute to the show. You know, it means a lot to us. So praise God. You know, um, as far as the music that we play on our show, I just want to let you guys know we worship God. And we don't charge for anything. We don't try to... Uh, sell our podcasts or anything like that. We just worship the Lord. The reason we do so, the Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people. And we want to make sure we clear the air. We want to make sure we clear the air before we go into the word of God. And so I've noticed a lot of people are dropping off tonight. Hey, God bless you guys. Hopefully they'll be back. If they are, praise God. If they're not, we'll just continue to pray and continue to go forward. Just want to remind you, we also have our uh, all of our shows archived, so you can listen to them later. Uh, we've kind of been in a spiritual warfare and prayer series lately um, for probably the last five shows, uh, give or take a few shows that Sean did. Um, but more or less, we've kind of been on that focus and that theme. And so, you know, we want to just continue in that for a little while. You know, it's very important that as the people of God, we pray. 
I mean, first and foremost, that's one reason we decided to raise up this, this website and this ministry is that we could pray for the nations, pray for ministries, pray for people, pray for the lost, and pray for the kingdom of God and the will of God to be done. You know, that was the Lord's prayer. He said, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And the first thing he did was praise God. The first thing he did is give glory and honor and praise to the Lord. And he encouraged us that when you pray, say these things. He said, Our Father which art in heaven, he taught us about hallowing and, and praising the name of the Lord. So we want to continue to do that on the show. Also, set priorities in your life. Those priorities mean God's will, God's kingdom. You know, we can pray for a lot of different things. We can pray for things we want. We can pray for things other people want. But we need to set our priorities in line. We need to have a spiritual alignment in our lives. And unless we begin to get our focus corrected, we will not see God's kingdom come. We will not see God's will be done. And as a Christian, as a son or daughter of God, that should be your priority. That should be the one thing that is in the forefront of your mind is what does God want? What does God think about this? What is God's opinion of this? Where where, and how and why is God leading me in these things? And make sure it's got God's approval on it. A good marker, a good measuring rod for that would be to check it out. It would be to check it out with the Word of God. Check and see what God's Word says about it. It's real simple. The Bible says straight up, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And if we're going to live, if we're going to have this kingdom life, if we're going to experience the life of God, the life of the Spirit, the blessings of the Most High God in any area, we need to make sure that we're focused and fixed on the Word. So, you know, I noticed, yeah, there's a, there is a storm here tonight. I noticed that uh, we're having a lot of uh, disruption. The enemy does not want this word to go forth. This enemy doesn't want God's word to go forth. You know, we've been experiencing some storms ourselves. If anyone's been watching the news, we're all, Sean and I are in the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Metroplex area. And yesterday we had major, major tornadoes. Actually, if, if we did the count, probably over 800 homes in about a 150-mile oh, span were destroyed, uh, some with minor damage, some were leveled, and um, literally about 800 different homes uh, were affected uh, yesterday from about oh, 01 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, and this continued to go on to about 5.30 p.m., and um, so for about four and a half hours, uh, there was multiple tornadoes, multiple storms that were just coming through, ripping things apart. Um, ironically enough, there's been not one casualty reported. So we give God all the praise and the glory and the honor for that. You know, there were some injuries, but no casualties. And when something like that of that magnitude happens, it's very rare that there are no casualties. I wanted to say this. Okay, there's storms going on physically. 
there are storms going on, really, you know, um, outside, weather, tornadoes, hurricanes, different things. Uh, the, over the last year, we've experienced lots of flooding throughout the continental U.S. Uh, on the other hand, we've experienced droughts and all kinds of issues in that manner. Uh, it's been kind of ebb and flow. But, you know, what we see in the natural is just a picture, just a reminder, just what's going on in the spiritual realm. And we need to realize there's storms going on in the spiritual realm. There are enemies that we have, and number one enemy, uh, the devil. But you know, he the Bible calls him the principality of the air. And so obviously he likes to wreak havoc through the weather system and do as much damage as he can there. And if he can't get people that way, he'll try to use circumstances. And if he can't get people that way, he'll try to use relationships, friends, family, spouses, children, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, ministers, uh, whoever. Listen, you know, the, the irony is is that sometimes, even in the kingdom, sometimes in, in church, sometimes in God's house, some of the people that hurt us the most are those that claim to know God the most. Okay, and it's not always the case. So we need to learn to have discernment. We need to guard our hearts. We need to be wise as serpents, yet we need to have an innocence about us like a dove that, that gives our time and attention to the Lord. You know, discernment, knowing who's among you and know who you're walking with, know who you're ministering with, know who you're serving, know who's serving you. There's something to be said about knowing the spiritual climate of the people around you. And we need to realize sometimes you know, people can be a big blessing in our lives, but sometimes they can be a curse. And so we need to make sure we're hearing the Lord when it comes to the relationships that are in our lives. So, you know, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, we've been talking about our enemy a lot. The reason I do that, one of the number one things, if you're going to win a war, and this may sound a little repetitive for some of you, but if you're going to win a war, you've got to know who your enemy is. The Bible says, be not ignorant of the devil's devices. Recognize his schemes. Rec recognize the way that he operates. Why is that? You know, if you study uh, the way that they train our military, one of the first things they do, no matter what branch of service that they go into, they give them these handbooks that say things like knowing your enemy, recognizing your enemy. And they begin to break down different uh, strategies and different uh, history, different things to give our military an understanding of who our enemy is. Now, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and forces of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. It says that the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And the thing is, is we need to know who we're fighting. We need to know what his tactics are. We need to know what devices he uses. Now, we could name the main three, which are repeated in the book of Genesis, repeated again in the Gospels. And then again, if you look in the epistles, they're mentioned. 
And that is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Okay, when the enemy came to tempt Eve and Adam in the garden, he attacked them with the lust of the eyes. Look at the fruit in the garden. The pride of life. When you eat it, you'll become like gods. Lust of the flesh. Okay, constantly throwing these things at him. When the enemy came to Jesus, he came at him the same three ways. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He said, if you are the son of God, then throw yourself down. And he shall give his angels charge over you. That was pride. He attacked him with pride. The lust of the eyes. He said, look, if you'll just worship me and serve me only, I'll give you all these kingdoms. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. The lust of the flesh. He said, look, if you're hungry, command these stones to be made bread. That was the lust of the flesh. Okay, and again, if you read the epistles, it talks about the same tactics. He uses the same tactics. See, he's an old dog, the devil is. And he doesn't have any new tricks. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Read Ecclesiastes, and you'll learn that there's nothing new under the sun. And so the same three, major three tactics that the enemy uses are those three. And so we always have to guard our hearts. We always have to guard our eyes. We always have to guard our pride, the humility factor in our life, and make sure that what we do brings glory and honor to God. God says that pride comes before a fall, but if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, then he'll lift us up. And so we need to learn to walk in humility as men and women of God, as children of God, as believers, however you want to phrase it or term it. Okay, we need to walk humbly before our God. We need to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and let him lift us up. Proverbs tell us that it's not right for you to try to make a name for your own self, but if you just live a life, others will praise you. You don't have to praise yourself. You don't have to lift yourself up. You don't have to put yourself out there. People will know if you've got Jesus in you or not. People will recognize if the Spirit of God is operating in your life or not. And you don't have to put it out there, but just stay humble about it. It's something we need to pray. It's something we need to guard our hearts towards. Something we need to ask God for. God, grant us humility. Father, remove pride from our lives. Lord, help us in those areas. And he will. The Bible says that your eyes, focus, set your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. To set your face like a flint. To set no evil thing before your eyes. To set the word of God continually before your eyes. Constantly we're reminded that we're not to set our eyes on anything that, that's not pleasing to the Lord. And so we need to guard where we set our eyes. Because what happens is, you know, whatever you focus your attention on will come into your life. Whatever you focus your attention on, your your eye gate, your your vision, will bring those things into your life. You know, the enemy uses the eye gate and the ear gate, oftentimes what we hear and what we see, to either confound us or distract us or distort us. And so it's very, 
important that we watch what we set before our eyes. That we watch what we set before our ears. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, what you hear, you'll believe. And what you believe, you'll confess with your mouth. And what you confess with your mouth will come into your life. Listen, it works like this. Okay. Whenever you hear something, it's either going to produce faith or it's going to produce fear. The enemy constantly wants to put things in our minds and put things in our ears to cause a fear to rise up in us so that we draw back from the things of God. But the Father is constantly wanting us to meditate on his words, listen to his words, listen to his voice, hear what he has to say. Why? Because it brings faith. Faith comes when you hear the word of God, whether it's the written word of God or whether it's a man or woman of God speaking and declaring the truth into your life, building you up, encouraging you, exhorting you, or whether it's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, to your conscience, or into your mind, the truths of the Spirit of God. These are the ways that faith is built. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. In fact, it says, he that comes to God must believe that he is. And so you've got to believe that God is. You've got to believe that God is who he says he is in your life, even when the circumstances don't look that way. Even when the things around you just don't seem to add up at the moment or in the season that you're going through, remember that seasons change. And the Bible says God is not slack concerning his promises. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent, which means he's not a liar. If he says it, and you'll hold on to his word, and you'll believe his word, and you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, Listen, the way your salvation came into your life is the same way your healing is going to come into your life, the same way your financial prosperity and your financial breakthrough is going to come into your life, the same way your Christian relationships and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit, everything operates the same way, by faith. We believe in our heart, and from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We confess with our mouth, and Jesus said, you can have whatsoever things you say. So depending on what's coming out of your mouth is what's going to actually come into your life. That's why the Bible talks about idle words. We're, we're not to be idle with our words. We've got to be careful what we're speaking. We've got to be careful what we're speaking. And I do want to make a comment to uh, a thing in the chat room I just saw out of the corner of my eye. Not everybody sins every day. That's not true. Not everybody sins every day. Now, the, truthfully, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all do sin because we're humans. We're humanity. We're flesh. But the Bible says if you be led by the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What What the determining factor is is how much of your life are you going to give to the Word of God? How much of your life, how much of your mind, how much of your mouth, how much of yourself are you going to give to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to lead, guide, and operate and control your life? 
See, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And you have a choice every day who you're going to serve. You have a choice every day if you're going to serve yourself, if you're going to serve your flesh, if you're going to serve the devil, if you're going to serve other people, or if you're going to serve God. And when I say serve other people, I don't mean blessing other people. I mean doing their will for your life and not God's. But God says he takes no pleasure in him that draws back. When you draw back, when you get weary, when you begin to turn and stop listening to his voice. See, that's where the major sin came in in the garden. Eve chose not to listen to the voice of God. She listened to the enemy's voice. Adam chose not to listen to the voice of God. He listened to his wife's voice. Now, it didn't make, you know, what Eve said necessarily wrong. It didn't make what the enemy said necessarily wrong, even though it was. But that wasn't the point. They stopped listening to God. They stopped obeying God. And if you read the word, it says that if you be willing, you can have a desire, but you have to be willing and obedient. And then you shall eat the good of the land. You know, I don't know where your Christianity is necessarily. But the deal is, is yeah, we all struggle. We all fall short. And there's no such thing as a perfect Christian. But you know, Jesus said, be ye perfect as I'm perfect. He never would have asked us to do that if he didn't think we could fulfill it. But the key is we have to be led by the voice of God. We have to be led and compelled by the Spirit of God. We have to walk in the Word. We have to walk this thing out. James said, be a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. And sometimes making that transition between just hearing and knowing the Word of God Making that transition between just hearing and knowing or being able to quote and spout it off or even, you know, be able to teach it or preach it. It's a big difference than being able to do it. And we've got to get that get that in our minds. We have to make up our minds. We have to get that set in our heart. Like David, he said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Why did he say that? Because he knew whatever his heart meditated on was going to come out of his mouth. He knew whatever came out of his mouth was going to come into his life. It's a real simple process. You know, the problem is, is a lot of us were never taught this in church. A lot of us were never taught this as young Christians or even as mature Christians. In our Christian walk, nobody took the time to teach us, hey, Listen to God. Hear the voice of God. Do the Bible. You know, I, I was raised Catholic for a short time. I was saved Baptist and lasted about two to three weeks there in the Baptist church. And then I spiritually grew leaps and bounds in some different non-denominational and different denominational churches that or what we call full gospel or charismatic Pentecostal, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what you want to label it. And it wasn't that they operated in all these gifts or did all this weird stuff or, you know, whatever. 
but it was that I was taught by different men and women of God, and I was taught by the Lord himself to listen and obey the voice of God, to learn to experience and encounter God's presence, to learn to meditate and, and trust in his word, and then to take it a step further and actually begin to pray and listen to the Holy Spirit speaking and doing my best, and not always, but trying my best to obey. And it makes a big difference in the outcome of your spiritual walk. It's the difference between being spiritually minded and carnally minded. And there are two different types of Christians. There are some Christians that are saved by the blood of Jesus that are carnally minded. They haven't renewed their mind. They haven't set their mind on things above. They're still caught up on praying for the car and the this and the that and the, instead of the kingdom. And then there's others that are saved by the blood of Jesus, which has got to be the standard, because unless you're saved by the blood of Christ, you're not coming in. It's not by your works, lest any man should boast. But salvation is a gift of God by Christ Jesus, by faith in Christ. That's the way you get in the door. That's the way you get introduced into the kingdom. That's the way you get introduced to the Father is through Christ. He's the door. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life, period. But some Christians are carnally minded, and they think about the temporal things. They're all caught up in the temporal things. But God says to set your mind on things above. Get your focus on the kingdom. Why? Because when you have your focus on the kingdom, then the kingdom and its realities, and the kingdom with its blessings, the kingdom with its provision, can come into your life. You get kingdom results. It's the difference between praying for someone to get healed and someone getting healed because you prayed. It's kingdom. It's being led by the Holy Spirit. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to operate in and through your life, with your life, or completely ignoring the Spirit of God and doing what we call grieving or quenching the Spirit of God. And it happens all the time. So, you know, I know this. We need to pray for the Jones family and keep Pastor Rob in prayer the next few days, okay, guys? We need to pray for Ophelia, our sister in Singapore. She's she. I got a kind of a disturbing message tonight. She wanted me to relay this to people, but apparently her health is at a point where she's worried about uh, her eternity. She's worried about her next few days. Uh, she feels like she's going to go into eternity, possibly no. We're going to pray God's will be done and just believe for the best. Okay, but tonight she was right in there. She she wanted prayer. She wanted to make sure that she went to heaven. She wanted to make sure that her life was right. Now, we've prayed with her to receive the Lord. Sean has. I have. I don't know who else has. I think she just wants to get that clear. But we need to continue to stand for her in prayer and believe for healing, believe for life to be imparted into her. And so you guys pray for Ophelia in Singapore. 
the whole deal is this. We've got to put away childish things. We've got to lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets us. There's things that distract us and detour us and derail us in the kingdom. And a lot of times, we're the ones that open up the doors. We're the ones that let the devil come in and get a foothold. We give the devil legal ground in our life to come in and wreak havoc and just destroy and devastate our lives. Usually, we're the ones that open that door because of our lifestyles. We can cry, grace, 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 oh, the blood of Jesus. And I do believe if we confess our faults, God is faithful and just to forgive us. I do believe that. But I also believe that sin has a consequence. And you can read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and you can see that sin has its consequence. And if we give the devil a foothold, you know that uh, the saying, if you give him an inch, he'll take a mile? That's how the devil does. If you give him just a little bit, he'll take it and run with it. And so guard your hearts with all diligence because out of your heart flows the issues of life. Guard your heart. Guard your eye gate. Guard your ear gate. Guard what you're meditating on. Now, I'm not talking legalism. I'm not trying to act legalistic and tell you to go wear long dresses and put your hair in a bun and run around with no makeup and never turn the TV on. Or, You know, now, if God tells you specifically to do certain things, then be obedient, okay? But if it's not spirit-led, if it's not biblically sound, don't do it. Don't be compelled by other men and women's legalistic ways or their religion or their tradition. Be compelled by the Spirit of God. Be compelled by the love of God. Whatever you do, do it in faith because you know God is leading you to do it. Whatever you do, do it in faith because you know it pleases the Lord. And make sure it's from the heart. Now, when you struggle and you stumble and you fall and you mess it up, don't run from God. Run back to him and let him pour his blood over your life. Let him pour grace and forgiveness and mercy over your life. Let him reconfigure and redirect and reestablish your life. Because the enemy, one of his main objectives, is to get you so condemned to get you so condemned and get you so guilt-ridden and get you so uh, conflicted internally that you stop talking to God, that you stop giving God your affection, that you stop allowing God's direction into your life. So we need to continually go to the Father, continually trust the Lord with the things that are in our lives. He can turn your mess into a message. He can take your circumstances and your test and and make it your testimony. And even though that may sound like a cliche and you hear me say it a lot, it's truth. It's truth. You know, none of us have had perfect lives. 
if we were perfect, we would have hung on the cross. There's nobody perfect. There's no one perfect but God. There's no one good but God. And there's only one Jesus that hung on a cross and took nails through his wrist and took three-inch thorns that were woven into a crown and thrust on his head. And he took stripes on his back. There's only one that did that. And so, you know, although we're God's representatives, and although we're God's ambassadors, Although we're God's ambassadors, and although God wants us to be his representatives in the earth, and be his voice, and be his hands, and be his feet, okay, we need to put things in perspective. There's only one Jesus. Now, we do need to live to be holy, because the Bible says without holiness, no one will see God. We do need to live to live righteous, okay? But there's a difference between holiness and legalism. Holiness comes from the heart. Holiness is because you want to. Legalism is do I have to. There's a big difference. Holiness is I want to. Legalism says do I have to. So, you know, I just want to make that real clear because a lot of times in religion or denominationalism and tradition, we have done so much to idolize men and put men on these pedestals and and compare ourselves. We compare ourselves to the works and the acts and the behaviors of men and women as our standard instead of Christ being our standard. Jesus needs to be our standard. Jesus needs Jesus needs to be our standard. You know, the Bible talks much about what happens when somebody causes somebody to fall away. It says it's better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and cast yourself into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So what I have to say about that is do your best to not drag anybody away from God. Do your best, whoever you are, wherever you're at in your walk, make sure what you're doing is pointing people to God and not pulling them away from God. Make sure what you're doing isn't a stumbling block to others. And maturity is this. If you're mature in the Lord, if you're mature in the Lord and you you see somebody fall away, you don't just go, well, that brother or that sister did that, God. So I think I'm going to just go do that now too. That's not maturity. That's not relationship. You know, just because I go and I, I read in the newspaper or I see on the Internet or on the TV that that men... Uh, abuse their wives, okay, or spouses uh, cheat on their spouses, doesn't make me go, well, hey, there's a standard. I think I'm going to abuse my spouse today or cheat on my spouse today. No, because maturity says 
I love my spouse enough to not want to do those things. Okay, just because I see that some man or some woman uh, beat on their child or starve their child to death doesn't make me want to go out and, and be abusive towards children. Because maturity says God wants us to love. God wants us to bless and not curse. God wants us to lift up and not tear down. And so there comes a point in the responsibility in the life There comes a point when we have to take responsibility for our actions. We have to take responsibility for what we do and what we say, especially in our public life. Now, it's true. God watches us in private. So he wants us to watch what we do in our private lives. But I'll say this. You really need to watch what you do in your public life so that it doesn't cause others to stumble. It doesn't become an offense to others. More importantly, watch what you do in your private life so that you don't become an offense to God because he's always watching and he's always in the midst. He's always around. And so we need to see where's our heart when it comes to the Lord. Do we love God enough to want to live pleasing to God? It's, it's a love thing. A lot of times we look at men and women and we think they're being legalistic. And maybe sometimes they are. But sometimes those people love God so much they want to live and do and act a certain way because of their love and their devotion towards God. And then others live and act a certain way because of they want to be men pleasers. They want to get their reward. They want to look spiritual. They want to feel like they've matured or arrived at some plateau spiritually and their hearts are desperately wicked and the way they live their private lives are completely insane and hypocritical and then some people are just as solid and hardcore for God in their private life and they're just as solid and hardcore for God in their personal life and in their public life and they're solid all the way through. And that's what, when we talk about being a God pleaser versus being a men pleaser. There's different aspects of this. There's different angles. I, I, You know, I didn't even get into my prayer and warfare thing tonight that I wanted to teach. Uh, like, like Sean will tell you, we don't ever really prepare. In fact, none of those prayer and warfare lessons did I ever prepare. Those all just came off the, the top of my heart. They just came off the... Wherever I was at at the moment, okay, so if you're following any of this, it's it's not rehearsed, okay, none of it is, we just go with it, we don't, we, our, our preparation on the show is pray, 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 and God help me, because I have no idea what I'm going to say tonight, that's, that's my preparation, God help me, fill me with your spirit, Jesus, and speak to me, that's preparation. And, yeah, I do believe that teachers and ministers and Bible ministers have more responsibility. Um, but it's relative because every Christian has a responsibility to their circle of influence where they're at. All of us are called to make disciples of all men and women. 
All of us are called to be influencers for the kingdom of God, whether it's in the 7-Elevens or the Walmarts or the grocery stores or the gas stations or whether it's behind the pulpit, whether it's on a radio show or on a TV show or on a in a church or in a teaching capacity or whatever the case is. But, you know, God judges it, and he says, look, you're a Christian, and you have a responsibility to the people around you, period. And what you're teaching them and what you're exemplifying and what you're modeling is going to come with much responsibility, and God will judge it, just like this brother said, to whom much is given, much is required. Praise God. But we need to know where and how and why the Spirit's leading us. We need to know that everything we do and say and think and act is affecting not just us but other people around us. And it's affecting God. You know, there's a direct correlation between words of our mouth and what's in our heart. And what comes into our heart comes through our eyes, comes through our ears, comes through where we put our focus. That's why we're told to guard our heart and not harden our heart. See, if you harden your heart, then you get bitter and resentful and unforgiving. You get tainted because of your hardened heart. And it's in most people, it's a natural defense mechanism to harden your heart and put your walls up because you don't want people to come in and hurt you. So it's easier just to put a wall up because you don't want to get hurt. And the devil knows that. It's easier to put walls up because then people can't get to us. We harden ourselves because that way we we protect ourselves. But the truth is when we harden our hearts, we get bitter, we get resentful, we get angry. All of a sudden we get so calloused or we get so jaded that we don't hear God's voice anymore. And maybe religiously we can still quote scriptures and we can still go through the motions. But we don't hear God when it comes to how we relate to people. We don't hear God when it comes to forgiveness. We don't hear God when it comes to speaking the truth in love. We don't hear God when it comes to how we handle people in our situation. Because we've hardened our heart, all of a sudden we don't hear his voice. That's why Hebrews says, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Why? Because it distorts and distracts your hearing. And it causes your faith to be squelched. So we've got to protect our hearts by by guarding it and just being careful what goes in and out of it. we got to be careful what we let come in and out. See, what's, what you get in your heart affects your prayer life. What you get in your heart affects the way your prayers get answered. What you get in your heart affects the way you view God and the way you view other people. And this really does play a huge role in our spiritual life. 
That's why Jesus said, look, unless you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father won't forgive you. God says if you have any odd against your brother, lay your gifts at the altar and go make peace with your brother first and then come and talk to me. If you have a hardness or an issue with God in your heart, you need to go into your closet and shut the door and pray to your father who sees you in secret, and then he'll reward you openly. And see, what comes into our heart affects the way we we view God and how we interact with God. It affects the way we view ourselves. And you can only love people as much as you love yourself, according to the Bible. And I believe when Jesus says something, he means it. So even if we're going to talk about prayer and spiritual warfare tonight, which we probably won't get to all the, the things I wanted to get to, there's got to be a foundation laid. We've got to have a certain foundation laid. We've got to understand a few things. Because see, if the foundation's destroyed, what can the righteous do? If you're on sinking sand, it doesn't matter how great the castle looks. If it's sand, it's sand, and the waves are going to wash it over. And the high winds are going to blow it right down. So it's very important how we handle these things, how we handle our relationships, how we handle the thoughts and the meditations of our heart. It's very important how we do to speak from our lips and, and the words of our mouth and the things that we say. It is very important, the actions that we take and the things that we do. We have a responsibility to God and to ourselves and to others to be pleasing and acceptable to God. And listen, if somebody has an issue because you want to be pleasing to God, let them have their issue. If somebody has an issue because you want to do something that you feel God tells you to do or wants you to do, let them have whatever problem they want to have with it. And trust God to work it out. He's big enough. God's big enough to work it out. God's big enough to work it out. You know? And God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Well, I'll tell you what. This is the thing. This is my whole thought. God will work everything out. And, you know, again, we're going back and forth in the in the chat room, biting each other again. Hey, listen, you guys pray for each other. Stop, stop using the Word of God to cut each other, you know? Don't use the Word of God to cut each other up. Use the Word of God to bring healing and restoration and wholeness. You know... Treat each other like you want God to treat you. Treat each other like you want God to treat you. You know, God loves everyone in the, 
for Wendy. Grandma 47, the guest home with poet Lost X and X no more. Minister Grog, Pastor Rob, listen, the love of God. God is for you. God is for you. He's not against you. He loves you guys and you girls, all of you. And he just wants you to get some things right in your heart. He wants me to get things right in my heart. Okay? And, I'm, again, I'm not preaching at you. I'm I'm, I'm just sharing the word of God with you because it's, it's ministering to me tonight. Half the time I open my mouth, I have no idea what's going to fly out of it. There's no screen between my brain and my mouth half the time. And a lot of times I don't even know what I'm going to preach. But most of the time I preach, it's ministering to me. At the same time, it's ministering to you guys. And that's when I know it's got to be God, because he knows what we need. And this is prayer and spiritual warfare, because we need to realize the things that the enemy is trying to use against us. We need to realize the way the enemy's got us bound up and tied up. We don't even realize it. We don't see it, because we got our religious blinders on. Just because we know when to say amen, and we know when to praise the Lord, but yet we don't know when to stop backbiting, and we don't know when to bring forgiveness, and we don't know when to, you know, speak the truth in love, and we all fall short, all of us. Like I said, there's only one that hung on a cross. His name is Jesus, and he is our example. He's the one we're following. He's the one that we're preaching and declaring, and he's the only one whose name whereby which men can be saved and women. At the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. And that means that everything is going to bow to Jesus, everything and everybody, every demon, every spirit, every sickness, every loss, every debt, every unforgiveness, every hate, every whatever it is. Everything will bow and every tongue confess Jesus. Begin to speak the name of Jesus. Begin to speak and declare the word of God over every person and every every situation, every circumstance in your life. And God will make sure you get victory when you do things the kingdom way. It's see we're we're realigning. I'm I'm like a spiritual chiropractor tonight. Helping you get some things aligned. Helping you get some things focused and adjusted so that you can function properly. Like I said, when my wife has to go to the chiropractor, she had an accident about six weeks ago. When she goes to the chiropractor, they're adjusting and putting things in alignment so she can function properly. And the problem is the body of Christ has gotten themselves misaligned. They've gotten themselves out of whack. And so we've got to kind of bring it back into focus, bring it back into the way it should be. We've got to bring it back around. And praise God. So, you know, this is the thing. You guys love each other. Pray for each other. Love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. 
It's hard to do sometimes. It's it's a test. It's a test of our Christian walk, you know. Uh, we're going to get tested, guys. We're going to get tested. We're going to get tested. But you know, if you trust the Lord, and if you'll hold tight to his word, and you'll apply his word to every area, every relationship, every circumstance, every situation, the good, the bad, the ugly of your life, get the word on it. Pray over it. Speak God's words. Decree and declare the word of God over it. Watch it turn around. Watch it turn around. Watch God use the the craziest situations and circumstances in your life to be the very things that set you up to bless you. The things that look like a setback, and I know I'm speaking to some of you because right now you feel like you've been set back. You feel like you've had such a huge setback in your life. Okay, listen. God's going to use that to to slingshot you into your destiny. God's going to use those crazy things as a launching pad to get you into your destiny if you'll trust him. Now, I'm not saying God ordained all the negative things that happened in your life. But God can use it. All things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And all means all. It doesn't just mean the spiritual things. It doesn't just mean the great, wonderful things. So listen, and you'll hear this over and over, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Whatever ways, good, bad, and ugly, whatever stuff you're dealing with, trust the Lord. Begin to acknowledge him. Begin to get his perspective. Begin to get his input on it so that he can direct you and lead you and guide you and walk you down his path of righteousness, which he's prepared for his namesake. Just trust the Lord. Trust the Lord with it. The Father, tonight we just pray, Lord God, that you would get all the glory and the honor and the praise. Lord, we pray for Pastor Rob. We pray for Brother Will, pray for Ophelia in Singapore. Pray for Sister Wendy in Antarctica. Pray for Grandma 47. God bless you tonight. For the homeless poet, for Minister Grotz. Father, we pray for those that were with us earlier. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. All your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. We just pray that you get glory. Lead us and guide us. Show us the way, Father. Lord, help us to walk in forgiveness. Help us to walk in love. Help us to hide your word in our hearts so that we don't sin against you, Father. Lord, we thank you for everything, Lord God. You give good gifts to your children, Lord. You're a good gift giver. Full of blessings. The blessing of the Lord maketh the rich and it adds no sorrow to it. We just thank you for that, Lord. So tonight, Father, we just ask, Lord, speak to your people. 
teach them by your Holy Spirit. Let the anointing that abides within them, let the Holy Spirit that abides within them teach them. Keep them in the way tonight, Father. Keep them in your way. Put a faith and a confidence on the inside of each one of them. Put a motivation on the inside of each one of them, Lord, and turn their circumstances around. Turn their crisis into an opportunity. Turn their crisis into an opportunity. And, Lord, use these opportunities to minister to them, to draw close to them, Father. Let them draw close to you. And, Father, let them be your mouthpiece. Let your people speak your word and be your mouthpiece here on the earth so that others... Amen. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We just seek blessings over Minister Grok tonight. Bless Minister Grok tonight. Grok, you are a mighty man of God. You're a mighty man of God, brother. I just want to declare that to you right now. You're a mighty man of God. And I'm just going to declare that and I'm going to make that known I see fruit in your life And I see your heart brother I love you So I just bless you tonight And I just pray that Again you guys don't use the chat room To bite at each other Just use it to bless 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 Use it to build each other up Build each other up Build each other up All you guys, I love all of y'all. Just, just your spirit, your heart. Just speak blessings over everybody tonight. I speak blessings over everybody tonight. I pray God's kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That He'd give you daily bread, spiritual and physical, financial, everything you need, nourishment. I pray that He'd let you walk in the right attitude towards people. Just walk in forgiveness, walk in love, walk in compassion. Bear the name of Jesus, bear fruit. That that you be led not, that you'd not wrestle with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, but you'd be delivered. Every weight and every sin that easily besets you, you could easily lay it. Lay it aside. And just look to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's going to finish what he starts in your life. If you allow him to come in, let him finish what he starts. So, hey, bless you guys. So, hey, I just bless you guys tonight. And I just speak the peace of God over you. Listen, we'll be back tomorrow night. But more importantly, Jesus is with you every 24 hours a day. Run to him, run to him, listen to his voice. Keep your heart open to what he says. Keep your life open to let him use you. And just just expect blessings in your life. Expect goodness in your life. He's a good God. This is Prayer International Radio. We just ask that you be blessed tonight. The glory to God, in Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.